up, everybody. It's been a minute, right? Well, check it out. We're back with a brand new episode. This one's super special. Been waiting for a good one. And here we are with my man, Anra, from Paris and on tour in LA. We recorded this conversation at my place. This is technically, actually, not even technically, this is the first uh, episode of the podcast that I recorded while living in LA. So, um, and we kind of get into that in our conversation. Um, thank you guys for your patience. I've been wanting to do a new show. I wanted to keep the, get the momentum back going with the show as well. It's taken me a second just to kind of get situated. You know, my move was a big one and it's uh, moved into a new house. I moved a gang of records across the country. Uh, I started a job. So a lot of things have changed. So I'm even trying to figure out when my windows to record are, which is looking like the weekends and maybe some some days after work. So I'm getting there and I've got some stuff lined up and it's looking good. And I wanted to come back with a with a banger. So this is a great conversation with my dude. Now me and Honor go way back. Like um, I've worked with him in a lot of different magnitudes and we even lived together. He was a roommate of mine uh, years ago back in Brooklyn. So we've hung out a lot. I consider him a very good friend, a close friend. Um, he came and visited me like when I got really sick. And some of you guys know that story. And uh, he came through and flew from France to the U.S. Um, I was even uh, on his album Fundamentals, uh, his, his his record before what uh, he's supporting right now. Nobody has to know, which is uh, out right now on all formats. You should peep that out. His brand new album it dropped uh, uh, last year. And uh, so, yeah, we caught up on all types of stuff. We talked about his label, too. Um, and I'm putting links to all of that stuff uh, in the bio of the show. If you listen to it on SoundCloud, you can easily access all those links and definitely support it. Um, Nothing But Net is his, is his new record label. Um, Devin Morrison is a, an incredible singer that's on tour with Honor right now as well. Um, they were kind of in the middle of a U.S. tour when we talked and then continuing on overseas, too. So hopefully when this drops, too, and if you're out in Europe and you, and you have an opportunity to see them, please do that. Um, it's a great show. And, um, yeah, we should just get into this. Um, I'll play uh, a join at the end of the show. I, I'm opening with something. I'm not sure, but I know it's going to be a classic, and I think I'm going to pull it out of uh, Long Distance. Um, a great album that um, kind of came out right when we started working together as well. So, yes, thank you guys uh, for listening. If this is your first time, too, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, of course, as always. This is The House List. My name is Peter Agassi. I'm the host and producer of the show. So good looking out, y'all. And why don't we get into this conversation? All right. So... I mean, I, first, I, I have to admit that I haven't recorded a conversation in a couple of months. Yeah. So this is also my first one um, that I've done since moving to Los yeah. Angeles. Okay. Um, so I'm glad that I'm doing it with you because, one, we have a lot of catching up to do, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, it's also the first one I've recorded in my house here. Yeah. You know, the, the show I did in Brooklyn, I did it, most of the episodes were all recorded in my living room. So I was like, it's taking me a while to kind of, one, be able to book a guest on the yeah. show and uh and also figure out when i can do it i used to be able to do it in the middle of the day but i don't work from home no more so i can only do a very small window of time so yeah. um i appreciate you being able to of uh, course man come and do this uh, i've been wanting to record a conversation with you for a long time too yeah 
And uh, so I'm glad that we can catch you kind of when you're in the middle of work too, because you're obviously in the middle of a tour right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been out now for a couple of weeks. Or... Yeah, about ten days. Okay. And how's the how's the the impression of being back in the U.S. been? It's been a while. <clears throat> It's been a while. Yeah. Um, hasn't really changed that much. Uh, I'm super happy to be here and see uh, familiar faces that I haven't seen for a while. And um, yeah, it it gave me the will to come back pretty soon. I think I'll come oh, back cool. even, even if it's not for a tour. I think I have to uh, spend a few few more time here. Yeah, because it always was just like come do a tour and then yeah, come yeah. back a year later or two years later. Or yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. I mean, it's only been a few few times that you've even been here. It seems like yeah, um, in, in in total. In total, yeah, it's got to be my fifth time. Yeah, but you've toured. Uh, one thing I love about you is that you've traveled a lot of places that I've never, I may never be able to get to, go to, mm-hmm. um, and then also a lot of spots that people um, don't get to perform in. Yeah, too. true. And um, I do want to kind of get into that. I guess we can kind of just talk about anything here, but yeah. Um, uh, and this is obviously a casual conversation. It's not mm-hmm. like you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not trying to sell anything. Uh, no, except for that new album, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering, like, when you were growing up as a kid, did you travel a lot? Because obviously you're, you tend to, with the touring stuff, you, it's usually just you by yourself, right? Like over the years. I mean, yeah, I know Buddy was with been, you for a period of time. But. Yeah, it's mostly always been me by myself on tour, uh, which is surprising to some people, but... Um, I mean, it works. It works out for me. Um, that's also part of the reason why I could make it to these uh, weird places that people don't go to because right. you know some some promoters they they don't really have a budget for one plane ticket, one hotel room, or you know so kind of cut the budget to travel solo. Mm-hmm. Also, um, it makes you meet people. You know, you're more probably more open to to you know make. Uh, new friends because you're you're driving solo right yeah i mean maybe that even plays into your records in a way too because there's always been um at, you know listening to the records and over the last couple of days or revisiting some of them it's a lot of collaborations with people too and i know sometimes you well you know the way we do it it's obviously reaching out to folks yeah, but, yeah. um but there's been people like artists that you've been knowing more in an organic way for a long time too yeah. through just doing shows and shit yeah um But uh, I'd love to talk a little bit just about some of the more far-flung places that you've been performing in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and um, I wrote some down, if I can, because uh, there's a lot of stuff I want to ask you, mm-hmm. too. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the Far East, to me, and uh, you know, and, and uh, <clears throat> like, you know, a lot of people haven't had the opportunity to do shows like in Vietnam or in, in China and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean... Uh, those are places you've toured a few different times, right? Like, yeah, but how many people are ready to accept the you know three hundred dollar fee? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? So, right. uh, yeah, you have to make sacrifice uh, sometimes if you want to get to to play in these places. Um, yeah, I'm, overall, I've been I think I've been very fortunate to be able to play uh, exten- extensively in uh, in Asia. Yeah. Because, um, well, you know, I've been, I've been, I've stayed uh, 
quite some time in Bangkok, so it was pretty easy for me to to be located in Asia and just commute in and out from okay. from, 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 from Thailand. Yeah, I uh, spent quite a lot of time there, like a couple of years. So you know, instead of touring Europe, then I was I was just touring Asia during that time. Oh yeah, I mean, in a way, because you when you left New York, because you lived in New York, Brooklyn for a while. Yeah. Obviously, we were yeah. roommates, roommates for a while. So, but from there, you didn't you go to to Bangkok from New York City, or what was the trajectory for you like? Um, yeah, from New York back to Paris, and then I was I think I I got to a point uh, in my life where uh, I was kind of sick of the living in a city. Mm. I needed a big change, and I got obsessed with uh, the idea of owning uh, a property. So when I came back from New York, I was like, I gotta get my, my, own, my own house as, as soon as possible. So I worked on this for a few years, uh, you know, say I, I saved a lot and did these, did these uh, like commercial, commercial jobs. Um, oh, okay, as a producer? Yeah, like, you know, music for documentaries, music for uh, TV ads. Hmm. And then, um, and then, yeah, you know, I'm in. It grew my budget. Then I got a house. Uh, once I got a house, I met I met I met my my girlfriend, uh, and then <clears throat> we were splitting our time between Paris and, and Bangkok because she she was running her business from Bangkok. So yeah, that's it. That's how that's how it happens, and that's why I was able to to travel to all, all these uh, cities in Asia quite you know quite um, often. So what was uh, like, for example, Saigon is a place I've always I've yeah. always wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have family there. Like originally, you had been there, or no, I don't. Have, I don't have any family there. Okay, yeah. yeah. So what what's that like? What's that city like? The Saigon's super hectic. Because um, obviously, you're not going as a tourist, too, right? So I am definitely going as a tourist. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. When I'm in Saigon, I'm not seen as a. I'm not ever seen as a local. Right, but you're a, but you are a performer too, right? Are you? Yeah, but not like even in in the streets. Like when I'm wa- right. when I'm walking in the streets and you know talking to a taxi motorbike or uh, you know a street vendor of some sort, they never they can tell instantly that I'm I'm not a I'm not local. I right. never get confused for for local. Right. So I'm definitely there as a complete tourist. You know, even though um, I have uh, ancestry from from this from this country, but. Uh, yeah, I'm still going as a just like as a white guy or black guy in Asia, you know, just uh, no difference. So yeah, so Saigon was. Um, um, I have to say, I, I really loved it the first time I, I got there uh, ten years ago, and then the more the more I went, the more I saw the the transformation of the city because you know it recently opened its borders to uh, economy mm-hmm. and shit. So you know. It, the city grew a lot, and uh, obviously not in uh, not in a nice way. You know, got more mainstream. You know, like yeah, city changed. You know, and um, and I tend to uh, tend to think that Saigon is a bit uh, yeah, it's too it's too hectic for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think that a lot of those a lot of larger cities like that are. They're gonna be pretty wild. I mean, what's the uh, what was even the club like, or who were the who was the audience in the at the club? So in Saigon, there's a you know I, I realized in most of these like weird cities to you know like not weird but like uh, a bit more un- um, 
unusual cities to play in. All you need is one guy, one dedicated guy right. that, that can build a scene on his own. And, you know, yeah, like all, all you need is one guy. And that one guy in Saigon is DJ Jace, uh, Vietnamese, uh, Vietnamese DJ and producer and promoter who's been throwing these events for over 10 years. He, he, he first booked me um, in 2008, I think. And he's still doing shows. Uh, you know, he booked he booked a lot of people he, uh, up until like DJ Premier or, or like guys like Deadloose or mm-hmm. you know all, all types of shit. Right. Cool. So all you need in in you know is just one guy that's really dedicated, and passionate about what he does, and um, uh, yeah, that that can really build the scene and uh, yeah. Well, you've been to uh, Yunnan. Is that how you pronounce it? Yunnan, I haven't been there. No, no. I thought I'd seen that though. Uh, it's, it's just a name. Just a name. You it's know. in China though, is it not? Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 It's just a name. Um, I was trying to find like. Uh, yeah, it's just. Oh, a, that's in and the in the third installment, I think. Of yeah, the yeah, yeah. Series. It's, yeah. They, yeah, they don't they don't come from like uh, real experience. Yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. But you did go this place. I can't pronounce. But you did go here. Did you not? Did you play there? Yeah. What is? How do you know how to pronounce that? Guangzhou. Yeah. Yeah. So what was that like? That's a. That, they have a beautiful opera house that I love to one day. <clears throat> Guangzhou is my favorite city in China so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've only done like five or six, but uh, yeah, I, I really love Guangzhou. It's uh, south south of China, so the temperature is a bit more. It's a bit warmer. People mm-hmm. are warmer. I've seen a lot more people smiling in Guangzhou than. In Beijing or in Shanghai, mm. uh, just f- friendlier people, and it's also where I've, I, I've always found great records. There's, there's, there's a lot of records in Guangzhou. Yeah. So yeah. What are the shops like? Like real record shops. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Like records on the walls, a turn t- yeah. old man with a turntable, and like bunch of bunch of crates. Right. Because I mean, there's this image too from that uh, from the series that's like. That it's all just like these like stacks of unorganized and super dirty records and there's, stuff like there's, that. There's both. Yeah. And yeah. I guess if you go to any city yeah. anywhere in the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's both it's styles like of yeah, shops. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's proper shops and there's right. uh, like street, yeah, more like in the street type shops. Right, right, yeah. right. Um, yeah, that's cool because I, I mean, I've, I've been listening to those records. Those are records that like every, uh, maybe I will revisit like once a year or something like that just to throw on. But they they play a big part. Those albums, uh, they play a big part of your career too. Oh yeah, for sure. <clears throat> How do you? Uh, like it's been it's been stuff? it's been easy to associate me, the Asian guy doing the Asian thing. You know, for a lot of people, I think it, um, I put myself in that situation without even realizing what I what I had to deal with uh, afterwards, because they you know they thought like, oh yeah this guy is like you know like very. Um, get a strong Asian culture or whatever you know I, I mean like I said it was just too easy for people to a- associate the Asian guy doing the Asian thing so it kind of stuck it's, it kind of stuck to me um, that way um, but um, but obviously people there's a lot of people that really um, hold those records in high regard too yeah know? I think uh, the What's cool with these records is that it really uh, transports you. You know, it has a strong like as soon as you 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 know this, 
all these Chinese samples instantly <clears throat> uh, make you travel to to Asia. You, know, yeah. you, put, you throw them on, and boom, you you're like traveling somewhere else. So I think that that's a uh, that's why I think people like these records in particular because it, it made them travel to a to in an imaginary Asia that they had in mind. You mm. know, with all the yeah, I think that's 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 why they got popular yeah i mean i guess in a way that's like why why what i'm attracted to them too i mean i like loop i'm a fan of loops obviously and chopped up samples this is very sample heavy material mm -hmm. yeah um but i mean obviously because of this the the source of the records that you're using mm -hmm. it's of a very very specific cultural kind of focus point yeah. you know um but you flip it in a way where it's more you know there's an edge to it that didn't exist with the original material too like um that's you know is both distinctly hip-hop but i guess yes it's uh, they're not all are they are all the records of chinese music specifically or does it range like in your in the the the, the scope the, of making them the, on the first on the first one uh i think there's a couple there's a couple stuff that are not actually chinese but i didn't know because uh, you know, it's all written in language that a language that I can't read, so right. I'm, not, I'm not too sure what's going on. Also, my knowledge, you know, I had zero knowledge of Chinese music um, at that time. So you're approaching it strictly from like a sonic vibe oriented. Yeah, sense. and there's no approach even, you know. I did, I never planned to do that stuff. I'm just like a fucking tourist going to Asia. I'm a crate digger. I find records. I go back home. I listen sample them make a beat tape in like you know a uh, couple of weeks i think i made like two-thirds of the album and i was gonna give it away mm -hmm. to friends or you know i wasn't right. it wasn't like serious uh, and then people's people i got really good feedback from it <clears throat> so i thought uh oh yeah okay this probably gonna be my my last album because i have no future in this music industry anyway. <laughs> oh the last one of this no the last first one in one. general no the first of the uh -huh. shinozi stuff yeah <laughs> i thought i thought it was gonna be okay this my last album probably okay uh there's no way i can make it in the there's no future for me you know like what am i gonna <laughs> do so i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna drop this and find trying to find a job <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's that's what i did yeah right and uh it's very french of you though like that kind of well this is, I'm never gonna do this again you know type of thing why is it French I don't know I think there's a very French kind of uh, I was just uh, being honest with myself right. and not and, and not being overconfident you know I, okay yeah. you know okay, yes, I yes. was just like not 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 feeling I was just being my you know like I said being honest with myself and my my standards in music are so high you know and there's no there's almost no way I'm never gonna like what I actually do Right. Uh, so obviously, when I was like, I don't know, like 2005, yeah, I was making beats for like five years, but uh, I still felt like a beginner at that time. So um, yeah, to me, like, there's no way I can do it. <laughs> Nothing's gonna ha ever happen, you know. So right. yeah, just, those the first. I mean, that wasn't the first thing you put out, though, right? There that, was a that wasn't the first one. Yeah, yeah. we we uh, we did kind of okay with the first one. With uh, Quetzal in 2006, and then, but the, I made the Chinese stuff in 2005, and only came out 2007. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I did this uh, other project with Byron the Aquarius that came out in in in, uh, in between. That called that's called the Big Payback, 
uh, yeah, so all that stuff happened in one year. So basically, oh, wow. like one year, three albums. They all came out in one year, and then I thought, okay, it's a wrap. I have to find a job. Uh, I'm, you know, I got, I gotta eat. Yeah, because I guess they're not. You're not generating a ton of yeah. cash. No, yeah, and you know, like the first check, I think it was like five hundred bucks. It was like huge for me at the time. I was on government support for you know a couple of years. Uh, just you know, so yeah. Mm. I mean, but you look back, and the anthem obviously is one of the more popular. I mean, you still have to work that into the set too, right? People still bug out when they hear uh, the anthem, which is probably the oldest song in your in the live show, I would think too, right? Uh, yeah, I play a couple sh- a couple songs from the from the first chinoiserie. Yeah, um, I don't play them all the time. Yeah, yeah. I would think that, like, yeah, there's a time and place to drop those. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so how I feel sometimes. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. I still, I still play them. Just like, you know, uh, I do for the for the fans, obviously, because uh, after twelve years, I might not want to, <laughs> you know, listen to this thing for like a hundred million times. Of course, yeah. um, but you know, I'll be, I'm 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 still a fan. I've always been a huge, super fan of music, and I've been that fan that's going to concerts and stuff. And I know what it feels when your favorite artist come finally coming to town is not playing the the first album. You know, it's pretty disappointing. Right, right. So yeah, I do. I have to do this for for them. Were you going to shows like growing up, like in high school? And, and no, my first show, 18 years old. Ah, in Paris or somewhere else? In Paris, yeah. What was it? Uh, French rap, some French rap shit. Ah, okay. Yeah. Connexion. Wait, what was the uh, one? The super... Connexion. No. What was the... Oh, they were called, uh, dang, what were they called? The one that Supernatural had a joint with. Uh, that was a song. Uh, the Supernatural. Uh... Assassin? Yeah, it's Cut Connexion. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, Assassin, I think. We're talking about Supernatural. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'd love to track that back just a little bit too, because obviously, like you kind of, uh, kind of, you didn't really come out of a scene. You're just always been sort of in your own lane, right? Like as far as even growing up and yeah. getting into production yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did how did you fall into that? Was it just like a very random thing as far as just your first experiences actually making music or sampling mm-hmm. music and stuff? Um. Well, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I've been uh, introduced to music through hip hop and R and B. Right. Uh, Which you would listen to what through on the radio or TV or what? Uh, radio, uh, TV, huh? Videos, videos. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, the regular media's at at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't really have magazines up until like ninety five, I think. Right. So. Um, and the, the, at that time, <clears throat> any kind of information is very, you know, it's so precious. Like uh, even half a song on the tape or, you know, sh- yeah. a, sh- a shitty recording of a video on VHS or, you know, I used to cherish this shit so much because I don't have, a, you know, like a, I don't have access to all, your, all, all the shit that you had access to. All that stuff was imported. So, you know, it was like double the price probably. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was really into hustling any kind of hip hop. I was uh, on the radio. So first, I have to say that 
I was a really big fan of uh, I was just like a fan of music. Then it got me into wanting wanting to rap, you know, write lyrics and shit. So yeah, so we went to the, I went to the store and I found like these like CD CD singles with the instrumental on it. Mm -hmm. So I used to like buy buy these to get the instrumental to write right. you know to record myself. And um, and and then I went to the supermarket with my dad, and I see that this software, uh, I think it was like twenty bucks, you know, it's called EJ, and it was like a, like make your own beats or something oh, okay. on, on on computer. I'm talking like ninety eight or ninety nine. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, so I started. This is how I started because I needed beats to rap. Um, so what, how did you what, how did the program work exactly uh, these these programs actually the samples are pre yeah. pre-incorporated and you would uh, arrange them yeah you can arrange them and like chop them and you know yeah you could uh, <clears throat> then I stick I stick with this pro with this program for like two three years mm -hmm. they updated it and then you, you could finally import your own samples in it so oh, I started so. sampling in that whatever software stuff so yeah i played some shit it, it was pretty it was pretty good so you're producing and rhyming on it actually i because the the rap shit was with my high school friends and then we all split up you know i'm, I'm going to paris they're going to a different city so i just i just stuck with um uh making making beats I, I, was, I was still writing right. then i started writing in like in uh in english Oh, interesting. All right. Yeah, because yeah. I was, yeah, I was just trying to do something different. Yeah, but um, I think that a long time ago, I think I may have heard some of these songs of you rhyming with this. Group. Oh yeah, that's that. No, but that's that's another thing. That's oh. uh, when when I'm having fun later on. Yeah, I recorded myself. What was times. so? What was the group called? It's just me and uh, Hazel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your boy. You guys are still uh, connected or no? No, he he's living in uh, Australia now. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I mean, would you care to recite any of those lyrics right now on the spot here? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, no, you don't have to. No, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, no, oh, yeah, I'm playing. Um, yeah, cool, cool. So then, okay, so then you're just what in your bedroom or in the living room, mm -hmm. kind of trying to that work room, and all that. Yeah, yeah, okay. And this is high school still, or this is after high school? Uh, high school and after high school, so university and uh, yeah, college. And all in Paris. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I st started in 1999. I was still like in high school. So I was doing this in my bedroom. I had my dad. And then I, when I moved out, when I moved to, to Paris, then I got my own studio studio spot that I kept for 15 years. Mm -hmm. and oh, that same place. That spot, yeah. Wow. And that's that's where yeah, I just kept on. And then after a few years, I just bought a MPC, MPC 1000. Then I stuck to it. So wait, so you didn't grow up, you weren't born in Paris or, or just outside? Or you grew up in France though, yes? I grew up in France in the uh, Ivory Coast. I was born in Germany though because my dad was working there. Oh, okay. Um, my dad was working in Germany as a soldier. Mm. Uh, he was a soldier in Germany, so I was born there. Then we moved to France. Then um, uh, we all moved to Ivory Coast with my dad, with my, you know, my parents and, my, and me. Mm -hmm. Um... But then my mom stayed there, and then we came back to France, and yeah, so wow, I stayed most of, most of my time in France, and then maybe two two or three months a year in Ivory Coast, yeah, yeah. visiting my mom, sure. 
summer vacations. Yeah, interesting. So most of your life has been in Paris, though. Yeah, I mean, and even now you're sort of nearby or something. Yeah. How 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 has that city changed a lot since you were since that since growing up there? Like, I myself have only been a few times, and every time there's several years in between every time I've gone, and I I'm. You know, it's such a big city. I have no real grasp of it beyond. It's not a big city. It's a very tiny city. Is it okay? Yeah. I always yeah. think of it as big, but when you're not familiar with a place, you don't know to mm-hmm. where, what extent it stretches out. You know? Yeah, I know it's sort of a circle, right? Like it's sort of yeah. the city works in a circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your impression of that now? Like after many years of living there, like you know it very well, I would assume. Yes. Not so much. I never consider myself as a Parisian, mm-hmm. um, even though yeah, I spent I spent so so much time there. But uh, I think to be a Parisian, you have to be born there, mm-hmm. grow grow up there, and you know yeah. I think that there's there's a big difference between uh, real Parisian and people that live in Paris that come from somewhere else. Right. Yeah, I'm still. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I come from the small town. Yeah, 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 interesting. Yeah, so in a way that that kind of plays into your kind of narrative too, as far as like your the way you make music when you tour and stuff. I mean, I think I think sometimes over the years, like the press has maybe miss uh, a little miss have sort of misguided um, opinions about like your work or where it's informed from. Yeah, because uh, it's easy to kind of latch you on to Paris because it just happens to be that that's when the records were coming out you happen yeah, to yeah, live yeah. there you know but there's a little more um, I like, think a big part that people uh, admit to is uh, my you know growing up in the Ivory Coast um, I mean that's that's where I've seen the most that's where I, I played my first record on the turntable in the club really yeah Aliyah back and forth <laughs> 94 wow okay, okay yeah that was so what, was, how did that how did that come about because <clears throat> my mom uh used to work in a restaurant and she know she used to know all the restaurant owner and club mm-hmm. owners mm-hmm. and there was a there was a club right next to uh her restaurant and it was a uh, more of a african club like kind of upper class african club you know, people getting that super dressed up, but all they play is like African music or Afro-American music, mm-hmm. and mostly a black clientele. And uh, yeah, so she wanted to introduce because I was a, already a fan of hip hop, so she knows, she knew that you know she knew the DJ that was that, that was DJing there. And uh, before they opened the club, he let me in the booth. He say, "What's your what's your what's your jam right now?" I said, "Ali, I'm back and forth. You got?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> then he let, he gave me the. I remember holding the cover, putting the stuff, and I don't know how to, you know, how that works. So, you know, I think I, I uh, <laughs> once the record was uh, was over, I, I was I was just uh, staring. I was just staring at the <laughs> shit like how how to stop how, right, how right. to stop it. Also, I was mad because I I unintentionally played the B side. It was like the Mr. Lee and R. Kelly remix. Right. I wanted the original, uh, you know. So when I played the fucking remix, I'm like. What? That sounds different. <laughs> Even though they're kind of, kind of similar, but you know, it took me a couple, couple seconds. Like, oh. yeah. So that was, you know, that was my first uh, introduction to to this. I was like thirteen, mm. uh, thirteen, first time in the club, two in, in Africa too. 
this is where I saw the my first uh, MPC. My, my my mom knew um, some music some music, musicians there that, that were using using the MPC. Wow. So that that's where I saw I saw it for the first time. Um, Interesting. So then that all like you had a, a nice like early introduction to that stuff. Was there like uh, like a mentor type of person? Like were there people like that was like here? This is how you. I mean, obviously that moment in in the in the spot. Yeah. Where the guy like the dude like was let you put the record on. Yeah, 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 yeah. But was there someone that kind of showed you like how he would make uh, uh, no production stuff? No. Okay. No. But you got your first visual. Of also, it. you know, at that time, uh, you know, not many people are making beats. Right. And the people that are making beats, they're not necessarily wanting to teach you any anything. Yeah. So I've always been that guy, like, no mentor, no crew. You know, we don't have, it's not like a crew. And we all make beats and exchange ideas and stuff. You know, I've always been, like, in my... In my in my corner, trying trying to figure figure shit out by myself. So um, uh, yeah, it was weird at the time. Super competitive, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I could see that. No one wants to, you know. They had to to figure it out the hard way themselves. Yeah, too. but at that time, there's no fucking YouTube or whatever. There's no free information. There's no, <clears throat> no. there's nothing, you know. So especially there, it'd be extra hard, I would think. Uh. If it's if you're in the Ivory Coast, and oh, I mean, I'm not talking Ivory Coast. I'm not, yeah, even in Paris at that time, yeah. yeah, or even in general. I mean, I can remember like my first experiences as a DJ, like where it took a lot of effort to uh, find people. I was much much younger than anyone that I was associating with, but it was also a small town too. Um, but yeah, I would I would think uh, looking back at the very first producer people I knew, yeah, they weren't like. You want to try to make a beat? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, that's why I think so many people came up making pause pause tapes, you know. Yeah. Because it's like the most simple way to do something I, by yourself. Yeah. I think they they were doing this because it was also the most affordable piece of equipment you could get at the time. Right. You know, MPC uh, at the time. She got to be rich to, to buy one, you know, 1500 or something, yeah. you know. I mean, it's quite a, it's quite a budget. Yeah, I mean, still. It's and and <clears throat> if you look around, a lot of people that made it at that time, they were like, uh, you know, coming from a wealthy family because the mom and dad can like buy, you know, buy a fucking studio and stuff. So, you know, there was a lot of that too. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think even, uh, you know, this goes, I think probably uh, translates to uh, any part of the world too. And um, is like, is you know this doesn't have to do with you, but like the uh, how much the drug game has uh, uh, has influenced, especially the genre of hip hop or and R and B or whatever genres would use yeah. uh, gear like that, equipment like that. Mm -hmm. And thank God for some drug dealers out there too, because of the, simply because of the oh, fact yeah. um, they had something to spend some money on mm -hmm. and build studios. Yeah. And then because of that, a lot of great random rap records and R and B records that we love. Well, probably came out of that because someone just needed to launder their money somehow you know this is a tangential comment on my behalf but i know a lot of people like that over the years yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, okay that's why you got all that gear it's yeah. like and some people know how to use it and some people don't yeah sometimes you know when a drug dealer goes uh, broke or something that's the best opportunity to buy your equipment because they bought it they don't know what the fuck they're doing with it so when they go broke you can come up and then an actual artist like someone like yourself 
can then take advantage of this equipment and shit. Sure. So yeah, a little point I wanted to make. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so with that being said, I mean, I think our relationship really started when long distance uh, was was coming together. Yeah. And um, I think it was either right when it came out or right as it was about to come out. Um, it was so long ago now that I'm, I'm trying to pinpoint that time. I mean, yeah. 2010, yeah, I think. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, which seems like a pretty long time. It's almost 10 years ago. I mean, that's plenty of time. That yeah. was basically 10 years ago. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure the material was made yeah. around 2009 or something. Even like. eight, 2008. Yeah, incredible. Um, Do you remember your first show in New York? First time performing in New York? Was it at the cake shop with Gary Wilson? Do you remember that? And Matthew David? Does that ring a bell to you at all? That's not the first show. Like the first, first show. The no. first, first show? That's not the first, oh, first show. There was some... It was a proper venue. Yeah. The bar. With Blue Gems. Do you remember this one? Was I that remember the, that one too. That, that wasn't a real show. That was like a DJ a party. set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was an early one. The one with Blue Gems. Rest in peace to Blue Gems. Yeah, um, rest in peace. I remember that might have been one of the first things that you and I did. I'm try, I was trying to... Last it was, was, it was around that time. Because yeah. you booked me for several shows in New York. Yeah. during that week I think so I, I had, the, I had the cake shop thing yeah because it was during CMJ yeah right I had the Blue Gems party and I had a real show uh-huh. with uh, I think who, who came up was it Wajid or well like, if there was a knitting factory there was yeah, a was couple different we did two knitting factories yeah I think. so there was the like the one at the end of the tour which there's that whole video the life and times video jay-z's uh video oh yeah right that show was uh with king brit and uh spinna snack and commish i think sean was on it oh yeah that was one i think that was the the tour closer yeah but there was another one with wajid i think i think there was uh, yeah there was another knitting factory i cannot remember exactly the bill yeah the first one was peanut then yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was like a long distance tour. I think even if you, I don't have a flyer here with me, but um, if I'm not mistaken, I think even on the flyer it says you're like New York City debut. Or oh yeah, like okay, that. cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I did last night. I was going through. My, I was just going through my stuff last night again because this is my first time recording in LA. When I was in New York, I had all my boxes of shit like I oh, all yeah, my right. flyers yeah, I yeah, kept yeah. them all all the releases I've you know that I don't have I can't pull all the physical oh, yeah, releases yeah, yeah. of yours that I have and go through that so I had to kind of like really think back but yeah there was some pretty random stuff during that time I remember we did the show with the uh, check 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 at Music Hall Williamsburg oh yeah and then they tried to get you to go like yeah, on this like more. really extensive European tour yeah them. for 200 bucks a show yeah yeah and, uh, <laughs> obviously that didn't end up happening but that was during that period of time yeah. as well um yeah I mean it was yeah I mean that was kind of a there were some some other cool ones that happened around that time yeah I'm trying to remember but uh, yeah, because I think then eventually it became easy enough for you to just come to New York. Although I do want to talk about long distance, but eventually you came to New York and then much like how you were in Bangkok, you were able to be like satellite, uh, do a lot of shows in the U.S. because you were simply living there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to talk about long distance. I think that made like a big, obviously it made a big impact. And of, and of that era, I think it was a true standout. There's a lot of other artists that kind of were coming out during that time and mm-hmm. some of them are still around some of them sort of faded away um, but I do think that as for sample based stuff 
uh, like production on MPC or based off a sampler using that kind of focusing on that kind of subgenre, mm -hmm. it sort of set a, a definite precedent, you know. And um, there aren't a lot of other people that were doing that were doing like actual traditional style sampling, yeah. hip hop style yeah, yeah. sampling. There's people obviously fuck around have done yeah, fruity loops, yeah, 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 and stuff like that. And but yeah, I mean, looking back at that, how do you? I know you've done a lot since then, but mm -hmm. I mean, uh, just um, yeah, what was that? how was that experience? And how even like um, g getting with All City? I don't even know how that came together too. Like when did they come into the equation? Uh, All City. <clears throat> the, uh, for people that don't know, that's the record label that released that great label based yeah. in Ireland, based in Dublin. I've yeah. been working with them. Ever since 2008, I think my comet came out as part of a seven oh, yeah. by seven, uh, seven inch series that they were doing at the time. So I was the seventh producer right. on that series, uh, and uh, I think Mike Slot, you hooked it up because oh, yeah. he's Irish. He's from Dublin too. Yeah. So he he Shout out to Mike Slot. Mm -hmm. So he hooked it up, and then ever since, uh, yeah, just I just kept on working with uh, OCD because he. He o always left the door open for me. He has uh, been super reliable, more than a business partner, and um, um, yeah, he he's allowing me to do uh, any any crazy idea I want. Mm -hmm. Like let's get Horace Brown on the record. <laughs> <laughs> sure, let's do it. So you know, he's I can do whatever I want, and that's that's what I like about it. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I mean, all your formal albums have come out basically on All City too, for the most part. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Olin is the guy that runs it. A lot of great artists have come off that label too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think. But I mean, I want to talk about yeah, long distance for a mm -hmm. second too, like because uh, you were doing the shows and traveling, and obviously you, you were able to travel around the world off of that record for a couple of years because it, it was. Oh yeah, a for a few, few years. years until Fundamentals came out. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's probably like I don't even know three or four years in between those two, right? Or more. Yeah, there's Shinwazi uh, Part Two, oh, and then yeah. the EP on Fool's Gold oh, came yes, out, yes, yes. and then my jazz album came out. Uh, it's not it's not being talked about, but it's, I listened to it right before you it's, got here. It's it's super uh, valuable on Discogs now. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's like 80 bucks, man. I still have a... That's amazing. Uh, I have a small t-shirt of it still. It's too small for me now. You gave me a shirt. I have an actual t-shirt. T-shirt? Yeah, man. We have a t-shirt for that one. I mean, when it came out, you literally gave it to me. Yes. Or either that or Olin sent it to me. Oh, wow. It's mad, it's mad small on me, but, uh, if you can <laughs> yeah. believe that. Um, but... Yeah, that's it. What, what's that record called for people that aren't? Yeah, Yatabuta Jazz Combo. Right, and that's yeah. you and Buddy, right? Yeah. And, but there was some other vocal, a woman that did vocals. On yeah, the yeah. Song? Uh, po uh, poetress called uh, Aja Monet. Oh, cool. Writer and yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's like uh, spiritual jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, we were super in influenced by spiritual jazz at the time. We we're digging a lot for 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 that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, this album just came out one night smoking too much weed, and I just like, I just like felt this crazy energy, and like, yeah, just came out, man. Fucking, I don't know from where. Right, crazy. I feel like when we were living together, that for a moment you were gonna do a reggae album or a dub album or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's still there, but like a friend of mine told me. 
you can't do reggae before I do reggae. I love reggae more than you, so you can't do a reggae album <laughs> before I do my own reggae album. So I'm okay. still wa- I'm still waiting on oh, on I him see. to drop the fucking reggae album so I can do <laughs> mine too. Yeah, that one I would actually genuinely like to see that. I think that it's pretty good. It's like a dub, you know, dub album. So it's uh, but it's done. It's made with MPC. So it's funny how I I had to I don't have access to all the separate tracks just like when they do when they have a okay. when they make a dub, you know. Yeah. So I have to isolate every fucking instrument somehow i find them in the song where they kind of clean so i filter everything and i'm trying to isolate all the different instruments Mm -hmm. and then regroup them so i can have like different tracks and i make dub with the with the mpc um like proper dub songs you know coming in and out muting shit and effects and stuff it's pretty good yeah it's like real dub stuff but made on a strictly on the mpc i thought it was pretty interesting yeah, definitely. I remember that from, from that era. Mm-hmm. It should definitely come out if ever there's the opportunity. To. Yeah, yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fundamentals, pretty slept on record, I feel like. Um, Fundamentals, uh, yeah, funny. It's a good album. Great uh, guests, Daz. Yeah, great guests. You bring so. back some of the players from Long Distance uh, to... Olivier Dessault. Yeah, he was on the song with Daz. Yeah, Olivier Dessault is an amazing singer, writer. He performed composer. on that Knitting Factory show as well. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Where's he from, St. Louis? <coughs> or that's uh, Reggie B. No, no, no. He, he renamed his, uh, himself as Olivier St. Louis, but he's actually from, uh, from Washington, I think, D.C. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, not too sure about this. Gotta double check on this. But, right, right, right. Um, but yeah, fundamentals. Yeah, right. fundamentals. Yeah, a bunch of guests. And uh, you know, for example, like I had this idea. I really want Do or Die and Johnny P on the fucking track. And all and obviously he di- he didn't even know about these guys. Really? And, uh, yeah, it's like legend, legendary, legendary um, uh, rap band from Chicago. Yeah. Um, collaborated with a uh, Twister a lot. So mm-hmm. they have they have their own thing going on, the Midwest kind of. Uh, I think they were on Relativity Records. I'm not sure they were. Um, uh, I think so. They yeah. had like a yeah. They had a couple big albums in the '90s. The first album was yeah. pretty big. Yeah, uh, Do or Die. Pope Pimp was that the Pope Pimp? Yeah. yeah, that's the single I think. But maybe the album too, Pope Pimp. Uh, <laughs> that's dope. I love them, man. And uh, and they were receptive about getting down. Yeah, it's you know when when you work with these guys, it's all about you know you're going through a manager. It's all about money. Yeah, yes, but I mean the thing is, it's like the the end product. They end up with a really good song. I mean, you're producing, you're the producer. It's not like some bullshit. I don't. Know. I think they wouldn't have done it if if the the beat was whack. Right. You know, but yeah, and it's a dream come true. You know, obviously, like no one's playing this shit on Spotify. No one fucking knows or cares about this song. But you know, it's well worth the investment for me to have them on a song. It's like I don't know. It's worth it's worth way more money than I could spend. Yeah, on, on, and it's on. out there. People can revisit it too. Revisit it, yeah. Maybe one day, like when like I don't know, if that kind of flow is, is getting popular again. I'm not too sure. Kind of double double time. They really had their own thing. Like a bit like Bone Bone Thugs a bit. Yeah. Yeah, they were dope. Yeah, and um, yeah, maybe some people can revisit, but uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still happy to, so happy to have them on on the song. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I was on that album as well. Yeah, um, 95.5 FM, I on your dial. I was, uh, <laughs> well, a couple things about that, some anecdotes about that, my appearance. Uh, one is, uh, I think even you and I were in agreement about this, but um, uh, my influence uh, for the intro was from Nice and Smooth. From, uh, it was either Early to Rise um, or... Uh, uh, dang, it's from the debut album where Greg Nice starts a song. He's like, um, where he's basically shouting out like females from um, London, Brazil, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tokyo, and, and, and beyond. And beyond or something. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my uh, inspiration yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was also like in a real, I was very sick at the time. So to be able to do that, that was like, uh, I was in my recovery phase. Yeah, yeah. But I was still like, in nowhere where I'm at now, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I remember I was living in this like I was in between places. You never went to the, the place that I recorded that at, um, but it was like you know it was a it was in uh, almost in out of the darkness, but I was still like kind of it was still like looming behind me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. one uh, that was like uh, you threw me kind of like a lifeline there in a way because it just was something fun to do. But I even hear my voice now. And I feel like I can remember how weak I was back then. But you don't um, sound weak on the on the on the recording. I think no. Nah, it's just because I got a fly voice like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but now, if I was to do something like that now, I think I'd have a lot. And I didn't have like a prop. I think I did it on my phone or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Listen, but you know, we 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 make it sound good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So looking back at fundamentals, I'm like, wow. That like I remember it just represents a very specific time. Yeah, true. Yeah, for me too. Um, yeah. Did you record that in the same place that you did Long Distance and everything? Yeah. Oh, cool. So that spot in Paris, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of material done there. Yeah. I mean, is it everything up until right until the most recent album uh, that has been done there? Mm -hmm. So the newest album... Um, Nobody Has to Know. Yeah, the, that's been made Paris and Bangkok, I think. Ah, okay, cool. Um, there's a couple of joints on that that I like a lot. I like the jam. Uh -huh. um, cool. I like there's a one with uh, who's the vocalist on there? It starts with a P. Um, a Pomrad? Yeah, what's he's, that song? He's a synthesizer. Oh, cool. He's playing synthesizer on that joint. What's that track? Uh, no question. Yeah, that's probably my highlight on that one. That I would, if I was DJing. I yeah, it's more, it's the more danceable track. Yeah. <clears throat> on the album, the album is pretty, it's pretty metal. It's not a, it's something you play at home. It's not something you're supposed to really play out. Right, right. Yeah, I wasn't trying to. Do like uh, yeah, uh, club oriented uh, kind of music. Yeah, I feel like that might be more of the Fool's Gold release. It's almost closer to that in a way. Deep in the night, or there's a couple joints in there that are more yeah, more tempo. The, yeah, yeah. The love joint, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was that. What's what came out when you were living in New York? Yeah, um, I think I left a week later. Oh wow, really? Okay, yeah. Because I remember the tour. There was a big tour around that. Yeah. And um, and then I remember the Santos. I met Q-Tip. You, you remember I met yes. Q-Tip? Uh, like the yeah. day before I leave New York? Big City Records. Yeah. Um, I recall the photo. I don't know. I think maybe um, the guy Our from the Our friend Grace took the photo. Oh, Grace took it? Yeah. Uh, shouts to Grace, who's here in L.A. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember that. And then he tweeted you, too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Your yeah. beats are crazy or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny shit. Yeah, that's some funny shit that period of time. But, yeah, that was a good... That was a good run too, the full school thing. Like, how did that? That was A Track just uh, approached you, or yeah, I think he approached you. 
maybe first, and then he say, uh, while Anwar is in town, oh, yeah. uh, I'd like to meet him or something. Yeah, yeah. So we got we first got in, um, you introduced us mm -hmm. in a in a club. Yeah. He mentioned he mentioned about like oh you know his like his label and stuff. I think it might have been the when he played bowling. Oh, Brooklyn Ball. Yeah, I think yeah. it might be it might be a Brooklyn Ball. It was like a sh kind of big kind of. I think so, Brooklyn Ball. I think you had a gig there. It was something you were doing there. Oh uh, yeah, or well, maybe I was just like seeing someone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you mentioned about the. Apartment. I remember because you guys. Sorry to interrupt you. I remember yeah. you guys were speaking French though. Ah uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then he was super cool and he gave me the opportunity to uh, release uh, anything anytime. <clears throat> And I, I think I waited on it uh, a year because that 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 was when long distance just came out, so mm -hmm. I was super busy. So waited a year and then we contacted him, then made the deep in the night. Yeah. Um, artwork was by Dust Rock as yeah, well. Also Rest in peace. Yeah. It's funny, you know. You say it's not funny, but I mean, you stay around long enough, especially with the scene that we sort of came out of or yeah. we were played a part in, and some really great people aren't around anymore that yeah, were yeah. that played big roles now. I mean I, and especially from the New York that New York clique. I mean Dust the Rock being one, mm -hmm. Lou Gems being another, those guys were cool with each other. Um I'm sure we were we were probably missing a couple other people too. J One, of course, mm -hmm. rest in peace to J One, Master Blaster. <coughs> yeah. He liked you. I know that we did yeah. some, we did some parties together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah so anyway um but yeah you stick around long enough it becomes you have like an extended family with people in, in the scene especially when you travel and you see people in far-flung places and yeah it's, that's kind of cool that's really cool i think you've also i think another good quality of your records too and you as a producer is that you you've had like a good you have a good ear for uh vocalists for pulling in singers both uh women and men mm -hmm. you know and rappers as well but i mean there's a lot of like R&B vocalists that I know and that's like your sweet spot but I know that like that I wouldn't have known hadn't I heard on records of yours oh, yeah. I mean and I already mentioned some but Reggie B's one I know he's a, these guys are all established in other ways but I just hear shit the way I hear shit I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not might not be familiar with everybody's shit mm -hmm. I think you know I know that she's been doing her thing for a long time or is much more established but Susie Analog was someone yeah. I, I would not have known her shit at all mm -hmm. hadn't it been your records you know oh yeah yeah. Well, she's been super active in the New York scene. Yeah, she's even yeah been on the come up uh, yeah. since I left too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I don't know. That's just something I was yeah, yeah. thinking about too. Um, well, there's a lot more with the with the upcoming upcoming record. There's only vocals. Yeah. So. So what can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we can talk about that. I, I assume it's still in the works or no? Yeah, it's still in the works. So we just gotta mix the tracks. Uh, before we get into that, though, just yeah. because just sticking on that topic, I guess I want to be able to plug the your label too, because in the vein of other uh, vocalists that you're kind of you've helped or helped kind of try to big up, Devin mm -hmm. Morrison obviously is a is a great example. This is a dude that just put out his debut album on your label. Is this not the seminal release on your label too? You know, seminal what? being like the first or one of the first. It's the third release. Okay, works. So put me on game then. Yeah, third release, Devin Morrison, Bussin. Um, it's a full length album, right? Full length album. This is an LA based uh, R&B singer, right? Uh, LA based, but he's from Orlando. So Flo Flo Floridian guy. Uh huh. 
I met him in Tokyo through uh, Fitz and Bros, who was the first release on my label, NBN. NBN. And um, yeah, uh, he got intru- um, I got introduced to Devin through that song, Ayako, with the, I don't know if you saw the video, it's like anime, basketball anime nah. stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. I gotta check that. Uh, uh, what's the title of the song? Ayako. Okay. Uh, Japanese, Japanese name. Is, huh? And it's just his song? Yeah, it's just right. his song. Most most of Devin's stuff is only only him because he's not only a vocalist, he's also produce, uh, producer, uh, writer, arranger, composer, you know. He been to um, you know, music college, so he's, you know, he's a crazy um, talented musician. Cool. Um, right. What I want to say? Yeah, so I got intro- introduced to him through that song Ayako with the basketball anime. Uh, video that came that came with it and obviously uh, the label being called nothing but net with a basketball reference I saw that song in the video it's like what the fuck who is this guy I gotta I have to release that stuff you know it's gotta be on the label it's too good and uh, yeah um, made it happen yeah that's what's up yeah well I think have you heard the album um, I've only heard the live uh, version of it. I have not been able to sit with the album, but crazy, I, will, I am going to drop a link in the crazy. description of the show for this episode of the podcast so people can listen to it as well. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, simply is one of the best albums of the year. Dope. Okay. Any genre. Uh, anybody who contests that can DM me right now. Um, cool. It's true, though. I'm, and I'm. Of course, you know, I might sound biased, obviously, because first I'm Devin's, Devin, Devin's fan, like super fan. Two, this might coming out of my label, so obviously you might think that I'm trying to promote something. But I'm, if you know me, you know I, I, I'm honest, with, you know, with uh, what I, you know, with what I say mm-hmm. and my thoughts. And uh, yes. if I really mean it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I really fucking mean it. This uh, this album is uh, incredible. It might have, might have people might have to wait a couple months to see like re really see him blowing up. But I I can see I can see Devin winning a a Grammy pretty soon. Even might not be under his own name as uh, under his own like artist, right. but it might be as a producer for you know a big time R and B or rap act. I think he's gonna win a, a Grammy. That's that's guaranteed for sure, hundred percent. That's what's up. Mm, so yeah, it's only the beginning. I'm I'm just very fortunate to um to have found such a a great talent to 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 work with, and you know I'm I'm very thankful that he he can trust me and OCD to uh to back him up. I think we did a good job. Uh, it's a great album, great cover, great sounding. And you guys are on the tour together, right? Yeah, we're on a world tour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is he le- he's going overseas with you as well? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so we're up. doing the whole like European trip. We have like about 10, 10 12 shows in Europe. After, uh, that's what's after, up. Yeah. He's doing Jazz Cafe with you? Yeah. Cool. That's going to be, That'd be a great introduction off. to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Great room. I'm looking forward to that show. Yeah. Um, so then you started talking about it. there's another record coming for you? Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm working on two, two projects. Uh, so one beat tape with uh, Fitz and Bros. That's coming on oh, my cool. label. And uh, so just traditional type shit, no, nothing revolutionary, but just good stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and a project with the Pomrad, so the guy that oh. you know, yeah, yeah, 
So yeah, he came. He came to my studio. Uh, we made we made all these tracks, and <clears throat> I got a bunch of guests uh, on it. Nineties, like nineties cool. legends, and more recent cats like Devin. Devin's on it, and uh, a singer called Maya Blaney mm-hmm. from New York, um, from Brooklyn. Yeah. Dope. Legends like Domino. Yes. That's amazing. Why, why do you Are, laugh, man? I, I laugh Domino because... OG Domino, No, man. because you, you have a pension for, for getting these guys back on a track, and I'm sure it's going to be Because no great. one... I don't know why. No one's thinking about this. They're here. Right. Why? I mean, like I said, uh, you know, I grew up with these guys. I want, I, want to have, I want to have a song with everyone. Yeah, and as you should, man. You yeah. know, they still, sound, they still sound good. They still... They, they sound just as good as before. Uh, some of them you probably have to avoid because they didn't age that well. But if you do, right. you know, a bit of research before asking the, 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 you know, the person you would like to collaborate collaborate with, I think there's still a lot of people, av- amazing talents available. Uh, they're just out there, man. You know, yeah. You have. I don't know why nobody's nobody's doing this more. You know. I wonder. Yeah, I mean, because it takes a lot of work. You know. I, I don't think, know. You know. Yeah, maybe a lot of work, or maybe like. Some people, some artists know. might not want to reach out to somebody. But people, too. people think people automatically think that to make something new, you have to get a new artist. Right. You can't make something new and fresh and still sounding old. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I think that I don't know. Let's say when the boogie, like when, like. I, I, it might still be on but like when the boogie trend was still like going on wow mm-hmm. what if like <clears throat> I pull up like you know I have a, like Dame Funk has a featuring cameo don't you think that's gonna be fucking fresh yeah I would love to hear yeah that. yeah yeah so that's what I'm doing too right. I don't know why uh, yeah I'm trying to do like 90s r and B. I'm 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 getting Horace Brown yeah I'm trying that's to do G-Funk I'm, I'm getting Domino yeah yeah that's it. That's what. And I, I think mean. if you look at your records too, it's not like it's all throwback artists anyway. You mix it up. There's a healthy mix of like of new and unknown talent, yeah. like a Devin Morrison or uh, you know. You look at a lot of these guys. I think uh, you know uh, Walter Mecca was another example mm-hmm. of that for long distance era. Yeah. Um, and then and then yeah, mixing it up with uh, with more established talents and obviously someone like yeah Horace Brown is like a super legend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's done. It's, it's it's huge. I can play you the track. You're gonna freak out. You're gonna think. You're gonna think you're, you're back in 1995. <laughs> Word. That's what's up. Yes, I would love to hear it. So what else? So you got the label popping off. Yeah, How's I got that? a label. So we just released uh, the the Walter EP a few months ago. Okay. Lose control. Um, I don't know if you heard that one too. No. It's pretty good. I need to peep that. Yeah. Nothing but net. So obviously it's because of your great love of basketball, correct or what? Yeah, every release is 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 just a flawless switch, switch baby. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, um, it's um, basketball and music are my. I started I started loving these these two things at the same time right. around 1990, 1991. and you know t- uh, twenty years later or what thirty years later, yeah, thirty years later I'm still loving the, the, these two things so much, just as much as the the first day, you know. So. Yeah, it's just uh, I can't be wrong with nothing but net. I, I know I'm gonna love basketball for the rest of my right. life, you know. So, so uh, yeah, I won the um, the lottery for. Uh, it wasn't the lottery. It was like I won a ticket to get a, uh, a photo of uh, a photo with the three championship titles of of the Warriors. And while I was oh. lining up, 
for that uh, f- to get that photo, a, a lady approached me and said, "Do you want a ticket to shoot a, a free throw on the court?" I said, "Sure." So I, I was able to, you know, fanboy on on these like uh, championship trophies, and then 30 minutes later, I was on the court shooting a free throw uh, in, at the Warriors game. But then a couple of days later, I'm going to Indianapolis for a show, and the promoters, the promoter know knows the general manager of the arena. So when they pick me up from the airport, they drive me straight to the arena, and it happens that the um, the son of the the general manager of the arena was a, uh, a friend of a fan of mine. So he brought a record to sign, and then that's how I got to the court and hang out for like an hour, just like shooting shooting on my in my favorite team's uh, arena because I'm a big Pacers fan. And now they're in the playoffs, too. They're doing well, although, I mean, I know that today yeah. didn't fare so well. Mm-hmm. But um, they're looking good. It was a good, They had a good season, yes. I mean, obviously, they got to the playoffs. but like Yeah, but, you know, our, our star players, uh, our star player got, got injured mm-hmm. uh, a couple months ago, like a bad, bad injury, Victor Oladipo. So... Um, yeah, so we have no chance to to do anything in the playoffs without your you know without right, your number course. one player. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I think the Lakers can attest to that too. Like, they kind of uh, fell pretty hard this year. Not that I'm a Lakers fan, I'm a Knicks fan, but I can't even talk about the Knicks. I mean, until maybe the draft. Oh, yeah, the draft yeah, is yeah. looking good. Yeah, um, but you know, KD KD is going to New York. Kyrie Irving is going to New York because they're best friends. Yeah, and they come then, Yeah, and then they they gonna probably gonna get like top five draft pick. Maybe top three. Maybe the first draft pick could be Zion Williamson. I don't know if you heard about yes, Zion Williamson. Duke, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, just these three guys, I mean, plus what they are, already have. They have a bunch of young guys. So, Knicks, Knicks could be doing good in a couple of years. Maybe Orange next year. and blue skies, baby. That's what, you know, that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's been a, love, uh, it's been a tough, long road for the New York Knicks. Yeah. Um, I think we went they, to uh, a Knicks game one time. Yeah. I think the New Year's the, Day or New Year's Eve. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the the owner is the problem. Oh yeah, he's awful. Yeah, he's a terrible person as well. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean he got Charles Oakley ejected from the uh, arena yeah, yeah, a couple yeah, years yeah. ago. Yeah, how dare he? You know the thing is with him, James. Uh, what's his last name? I'm, I'm spacing his last name. The owner, um, Dolan. James Dolan. He has a band. He has a rock yeah, band. Yeah, And they play. There's like a. There's like a bar kind of like yeah. two blocks away from, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the garden. Mm-hmm. And this motherfucker just goes there and jams with his band. And it's yeah. all like these like that, classic that was, rock that, superstars. That, that was during the draft. Really? I didn't know that. Bro, that was during the draft. So, you know, you have to make like a very important decision. Because it can, it can change your whole f- future. Yeah. You know, for, for a franchise. If you draft the, the right guy or the wrong guy, it could be a disaster. You playing? Uh, you're not here to like. <laughs> Come on, man! You on yeah. stage like doing your thing? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crazy. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's cool. So you know, even though the Knicks and the Pacers were clashed heavily during the their nineties. Uh, yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, Reggie Miller antagonized the Knicks uh, endlessly and Spike Lee and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, But he's, he's a good ball player, man. You know, he, he was good on the outside. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, annoying, but still like fine yeah, yeah. ball player. Yeah, um, clutch. He was clutch. Yeah, he could win some games, you know. But he did mm-hmm. like to fla- flaunt that in front of us. Yeah, other you saw team. the documentary on him. You know, he oh, was when, like, when he was when he was a kid, he couldn't even walk properly. He was like, he was like oh, yeah. par- paraplegic, kind of not paraplegic, you know. But 
like his legs not straight he couldn't walk with uh, assistance right. so from from this to a uh, hall of famer it's quite a unusual destiny it sure I, is yeah you know. um well I'm not going to talk shit about him. I think that's wonderful. You know, I love the, you know. You might not like the character or whatever, yeah. But nah, but there's people, I think that the new Pacers are, yeah, it's all good. Salute to the Pacers, you know. Yeah, all right, um, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know it. you're a big fan. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know you're making a lot of huge efforts to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish them the best, and I wish you the best in all your uh, yeah, travels, thanks, man. too, man. You got a couple more weeks on the tour in the mm -hmm. U.S., I think. Yeah. And then uh, heading off to Europe and, and, and beyond. Um, and uh, you know it's great to catch up there's a lot of stuff hopefully we're going to talk a little bit more off mic as well mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah it's great to see you it's been a long time yeah yeah and uh, you're looking pleasure good. to be part of the podcast man oh yeah man dude it's, yeah, it's been great uh, great series Congra Thank you. congratulations to you <laughs> yeah Thank you. keep it going man I'm trying to yeah it's yeah. you know it's, I mean, in, in LA it should be so easy right there's, there's so many yeah. amazing talents and a lot of people with a lot of shit to, to say you yeah. talk about so yeah. well, what's up with Jamie Lee Curtis though Jamie <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie Lee Curtis that's my you know my girl you know so <laughs> she came through to my office and that you know she came just she gave me a little squeeze and mm -hmm. uh, you know that's where that photo came from but wow. yeah it was a couple of weeks ago very sweet, uh, very uh, gentle and kind. And uh, yeah, I mean, I can't say much more than that on the mic, but uh, <laughs> a wonderful lady and uh, I appreciate um, knowing her. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and uh, as far as the podcast goes, yeah, well, maybe I can get her, convince her to do it one day, but I do think- uh, Oh, maybe she, yeah, maybe she- Maybe she, yeah, kind of, you know, keep that mm -hmm. on the hush-hush tip, like yeah. entice. <laughs> um, that's a great record. You may find her. Uh, but um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the podcast, I love doing it. But it's, sometimes it's harder than you think to get people to, to lock people in. You know, mm -hmm. everyone's got a challenging schedule. Yeah. And now my own work, I know it's got me kind of limited. So, But I'm hoping this one with me and you is going to spark it all back up oh, again. Yeah, right. You know, had some good ones before I left New York. Godfather Don. Yeah, Dom. Godfather Don. Damn, man. Yeah, that's my dude. Um, incredible jazz. I've been booking and helping his band book gigs in Brooklyn too. He's got a great jazz band, um, trio, hard kind of improv jazz stuff. Um, He's playing. Yeah, he plays tenor sax. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. We did the residency at my neighborhood bar, Bar Best, which is right, right around the corner from my crib, from when I lived in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I had him play. He played my my final show in New York City before moving. Wow. Um, yeah, it was great. I'm a big fan, you know that. Yeah, of Godfather Don. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's great. I should, yeah, he's when we were living together, we, we we listened to a lot of his shit. I think. Yeah, I mean, definitely These status Hydra Hydra beats. Yeah, Hydra beats. Um, <clears throat> you yeah. found you found that status that status thing. When yeah, you I got it. Uh, um, Is here? It might be in the stacks back here. Yeah, for sure, somewhere. I mean, it's one of my prized possessions. It's probably my most valuable record I own, perhaps. I think so. It's right up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you still got a lot of records? Yeah. At your house? Hell yeah. Are, do you, are you, now that you're touring now, like, how much are you going buying records on tour now? Is it scaled down quite a bit or? No. Hell no. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, man. I, I actually, <clears throat> when I'm on tour, this, this, this is where, I, when I buy records. Oh, cool. Yes. You know, like, course. well, obviously I'm going to, um, <clears throat> um, you know, anywhere I go, I buy records. Right. 
and on top of this, since now I live in the countryside, uh, every every Sunday, every Sunday there's like a bunch of flea markets everywhere. So I drive around. You can find stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of last year I found some amazing shit. Yeah, a lot of for some reason a lot of Brazilian records. Oh. Like in the countryside of France, you wouldn't expect that. Oh. Uh, yeah, a lot of French uh, rare rare shit. You know, soundtracks and stuff. Oh, yeah, cool, amazing. Yeah. Are you doing any more mixes? Any mixes? How many throw em ups do you have? Three or four? I got five throw em ups. Five throw em up mixes. Yeah. I've been pushing and pushing the R and B nineties R and B sound for I think first throw em up two thousand ten. Right. So, you know, it's good to see coming back finally coming back now. Um, yeah, for heads that don't aren't familiar with Throw 'em Up, it's like a mix, a DJ mix series that you started uh, with Lexis from Montreal. Yeah, great promoter DJ in Montreal. <clears throat> mm-hmm. It's all classic R and B from the '90s, basically. Classics and not so classics, just uh, just um, '90s R and B. '90s R and B, more like dance floor type of stuff. So it's still like '90, 90, 95 BPM, uh, with a strong uh, West Coast influence in the sound. Because '90, you know, these years that we cover, uh, especially in these uh, mixes '94, '56. They're very heavily influenced by by the West Coast sounds. Right. Even even if you come from New York or from London, you you were still kind of doing the the West Coast sound. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this this is what we call uh, throw them up because that's the dance they used to do in the in the mu- in the music videos back then. You you would see you would see people throwing the air throw, throwing the arms in the air. Right. Uh, which is a move that I don't really see that much anymore. People, it's just a different tempo, different energy too. And um, this is how I, this is why how, how I used to dance when I was uh, you know like I said like super young in the club like 15 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember I, rem- <laughs> I remember doing this already. So uh, yeah, um, throw them up. It's cool. Um, Anything else on deck? Yeah, I got more throw them ups. Uh, I got I got a monthly uh, radio show on NTS. Oh, where? Yeah, oh, I got it. You've been doing that for a minute. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got okay, it. Five or six. Got some, some slow jam shit, some gospel, 90s gospel. Right. Mm, great, like, uh, it's R&B, but they're talking about God, right. uh, Jesus. Um, uh, yeah, hip, 90s hip-hop, you know. So far, it's been, like, pretty 90s. But uh, I wanted to do <clears throat> a more, like, digging orientated because I do all these flea markets. So every week, every weekend, I, I come up with some... some weird shit with French shit or European stuff so um, yeah I've unlimited material I've um, been going to Asia I have, I have a lot of Asian records been going to Africa I have, I have a lot of um, African records too oh. yeah my collection grew uh, extensively I'm probably uh, 6,000 right now 6,000 oh, records yeah. no, it's still not a like not a big collection but, well if it's quality that's more important you know? uh it's quality to me i'm not yeah. sure if it's quality to to uh you know to to anybody well that's the most yeah that's the most important thing i think if if people that are buying records to there's impress a lot of people oh yeah, yeah no not like that no i'm i'm mostly digging the you know the cheap shit my price is standard is one dollar right so no, I'm kidding, but uh, you know, yeah, most uh, I mean a lot of shit I I, I buy is for sam- sam- sampling sampling material. So right. probably it's like a good third of my of my collection that could right, right. that I could get rid of. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, well, my dude, it was great talking to you. Yeah, man. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, and this beautiful day here in LA, man. Mm-hmm.
Catching up with the one honor. All right, cool. Peace, man. Yo, much thanks and props to Honor for coming through while in LA in the midst of a tour doing this conversation with me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, please subscribe, uh, pass the word around. However you may listen to podcasts, let somebody know about it for me. Um, make sure you go support that Devin Morrison record that just came out, Bussin' on Nothing But Net, which is Honor's new label. Um, there's a single that came out, No, as well. And um, yeah, definitely just uh, support this dude. Um, Honor's uh, previous record, too, is amazing. Check that out. And um, yes, y'all, hopefully more and more episodes to come. Uh, as we get situated in a new world for this podcast too so thank you guys so much for riding with me and um, yeah we'll get this going man hit me up let me know who you want me to talk to now that i'm in la as well all right and peace y'all i'm gonna uh let's see what we're gonna i might even like drop a a devin morrison song in the outro just to kind of support the project since now honor has this label i want to kind of get that out there so people know they're not even good to that all right y'all let's keep this out i'm play busting which is the single off the off the full length. Okay. Peace out. Taxon. Warm, soft and sweet It's gonna be